0: With Hashem's assistance, we learn about B'kama Daph page 14. We begin six lines from the top, the second to last word on the line, the word "ani." The Gemara is speaking about the Machalokas between Rav Chizdhan and Lazar, and they're arguing in a case, where we have a Chatzar which belongs, a courtyard which belongs to both the Mazik and the knees, like the person who caused the damage and the person who got damaged. So, Rachizda holds that in such a case, there's an obligation if the damager caused damage to the damagee, there's an obligation for him to pay. And Rabbi holds that no, he's Potter. It's not considered in regards to the ca- cases of Shane and Ragel, which is where the animal eats something and causes damage, or uh, the animal uh, stampedes something and causes damage. So both of those cases, there's no obligation to pay because it's not considered that he caused damage in someone else's field because it's also the field or the chadser, the courtyard of the person who caused the damage. So now the gemara is going to challenge Rabbi Lazar Shita, and it asks as follows: Eini, is it so that in fact Rabbi Lazar is correct that you're going to be potter? There's not going to be an obligation to pay if it's a khatzer, if it's a courtyard that belongs to both the person who caused the damage and the damagee. So, Rabbi Yosef, behold, Rabbi Yosef learned the following bray, so, Let's say you have a courtyard which belongs to two partners, vahapundak, or you have a some kind of inn where there are multiple people there. bahen There is an obligation. For the person who caused damage, to pay for any damage that was caused in regards to where the animal is eating something and causing damage, or where the animal is trampling something. So we see over here, it says, <laughs> There is in fact an obligation to pay. So this should be an upschlug of Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar's understanding is incorrect. It would seem from this Bryce. Rabbi one says, Rabbi Lezer will respond as follows. With his is that a good svar? Is that a good uh, logical way of explaining things? We have another Bryce that actually argues on this price of Tanya. We have the Bryce as follows. There were four general cases that Rabbi ben used to say. ben in regards to cases of damages any case where you have that the place where the damage took place belonged to the person who got damaged and not at all to the person who caused the damage so there's an obligation to pay completely Either alternatively the word bakul could either mean completely or it could mean in all the different types of damages. Dim mazic, mazik. let's say it's a place that belongs to the person who caused the damage and not to the person who got damaged, Patri So there's no obligation for him to pay at all because you can say to him, What are you doing? What's your shore or your animal, your kalim whatever it is doing in my in my possession? It's your problem, not mine. Lazet, let's say this is a place that belongs to both. For example, you have a courtyard that belongs to two partners, or a valley, which is a place that everyone goes, so then there's no obligation to pay in regards to the cases of uh, where it ate something causing, causing damage or uh, treaded on something and caused damage. However, when we're talking about any kind of goring or pushing or biting or crouching on something or kicking something, so these are all told us of shore. These are all subcategories of Karen, I'm sorry. So then, if it hadn't caused damage before three times, so then you pay half the damages. But if it had done it three times it already, so then you have to pay the full damages. Leila Zerba, Leila Let's see if a case which the place where damage was neither belonged to this one nor this one, for example, a courtyard that does not belong to both of them, so then there's going to be an obligation to pay for any eating or trampling that's done, and so all the cases that have to do with Karen, that have to do with goring, so then so then if it had not gored before three times, it's going to be a, have an obligation to pay half the damages, but if it did it already three times, then it has an obligation to pay full damages. However, what did we say? That if you have a cord that belongs to two partners, there will not be an obligation to pay neither for the food that was eaten, damaged by the animal eating, or the, the anything that was damaged when the animal treaded upon it. So therefore, Rabbi Lazar has what to stand on. He has his price, and therefore it's not a kasha on Rabbi Lozer. So points out kasha ahadadi. So these two briseus they're clearly a, a contradiction between each other. So how are we going to explain the two prices? One says there is an obligation to pay, one says there is no obligation to pay. When do we say that there's no obligation to pay? That's when we're talking about a field or a courtyard which has been appointed for both of them to be able to use, both to leave their fruits there, as well as for them to have the ability to park their ox in there. So that's why there's a tour, there's no obligation to pay because both of them have to expect that the other one's ox is going to be there, therefore there's no obligation Yosef or the first breast which says that there is an obligation to pay but It's a courtyard where they, they both have so they're both partners in that courtyard however they only have rights to bring in their, their fruits they don't have the, the ability neither of them have the ability to bring in their oxen and therefore In regards to Shane, regards to the damages that are caused by that ox which doesn't belong there so it's considered the Chatzar the courtyard of the Nizak, the person who got damaged and therefore it's considered that it went to a different field to cause damage, since there's no right for the ox to be there, and that's why in that case, according to Rabbi Yose's brayse, there will be an obligation to pay. We can actually deduce this from that which it says in each of the brayse. It's dumya de pundak in the first brayse. In the first practice, so it compares it to a pundak, which is an inn. Which is a place that normally oxen don't go. So therefore, we can assume that the chater as well is talking about a case where oxen don't go, and that's why there's no obligation to pay. Because Hasam do me the And the second price it says it compares it, uses the word chater, and it then it says the word bika because a place where you have both oxen and fruits, and therefore it's a valley, and therefore so it's comparable the case of the chater, and therefore we can assume that that's why there's no obligation to pay. Shmam, you know, it's a good proof. Rabbi Zera asks the following question. Since both parties have the ability to bring in their fruits there, Haba So how is it considered that it's gone to a different person's field to cause the damage? Meaning, since they both have a right to have their fruits there, it's considered their own field. So the one who caused the damage, the damage it's also considered his field. So how is it considered that that is called damage in someone else's field? We're missing that. Abayas, responded as follows. Since there is no right for either of them to bring their ox in there, so the So then we consider it to be a different person's field. In regards to this ox, going and causing damage through shame, through eating and causing damage. So Difti. Says to Ravina as follows: me Now that we explained that two brayis are not arguing, um, we're really not like So we could say that Rav Chizda and Rav they seem to be arguing as well. One says it's, there's an obligation to pay. One says there's no obligation. Maybe they're not arguing. Maybe one's talking about a case where they both have rights only to bring in fruits and not to place their ox there, and that's why there's an obligation according to Rav Chizda. And then Rav Lazar, when he says that there's no obligation, is talking about a case where you do have a right to bring in both your fruits and your oxen. That's why there's no obligation. Why don't we say that they're not arguing at all? On our so he said to him, Yes, indeed you could explain it that way, Vim but also if you want you could explain, Pligida do in fact argue. And we could say that the argument has to do with the question of Rabbi Zerah and the answer of Abaye Meaning, Rabbi Zerah's question was, how is it considered that it's once you, have a, once you have it that they both can bring the fruits in, so Rebbe Zerah held that that's going to be enough to consider it not that still belongs to the person who caused the damage, and therefore there would be no obligation to pay. And that could be Rebbe why he holds that even if you went and there was only a possibility for them to be able to bring in fruits, nevertheless, there's still no obligation to pay. However, of Chizda, he could still hold that even if you only were allowed to go and bring your fruits in, nevertheless, the oxen will have an obligation to pay. Why? Because then it is considered. It will be your best day Like we explained before Now the Gemara continues Gufa We said previously There were four general cases That Rabbi Shimon ben used to say In regards to cases of damages Any case where you have That it's the domain Of the person who got damaged But not the one who caused the damage so There's an obligation to pay All of the cases So the Gemara says It doesn't say You have an obligation On all of the different things That you could have an obligation on Elo chai of bakhoel. But rather it says you're obligated in everything. The Nezek, what does it mean? It means that you have an obligation in full damages. Meaning, even in a case we have Karen, which normally when you have Karen where it gores, so it's an obligation only to pay half the damages. Nevertheless, you're gonna still have to pay here in this case all of the damages, money. So who is this like Rabbi bitarfini? it's Rabbi the Mashuna That if you have an unusual case of Karen where it goes into the Chatzer, into the courtyard of the person who got damaged, so then there's not gonna be half damages, but rather you're Going to have to pay full damages according to Rebitarfin. So the Gamar says, wait, if that's if that's true, if the first part is Rabitarfin, aim a sefa, it says in the end of the Brisa, let's say if a, a, a courier that doesn't belong neither to this one nor to that one, for example, a courier that does not belong to both of them, then there will be an obligation to pay for Shane and Regal, what's this case where it doesn't belong neither to this one nor to that one, if it means it doesn't belong neither to this one nor to that one at all, but rather means someone else's field entirely, The verse says that it has to go and cause damage in the person's field who he's causing damage, meaning if if your thing is in someone else's field and my animal causes damage to it, there's not going to be an obligation to pay. Vileka, we're missing that. must be the cases. What does it mean when we say it's not this one's and it's not this one's? dechad. it means it's not both of theirs, rather it's only one of theirs. safe. what does it say in the end? It says explicitly that we're talking about a case where it had not yet previously gored three times, so you pay half the damages. You only pay full damages when it's already gored three times. So that sounds like the rabbis, who argue on, Rabbi Tarfin? That even if it went into the courtyard, of the person who got damaged, you still only pay half the damages. So Rishu retarfen vesefer Rabbanon. So could it be that the first part of the braysa is retarfen, the last part of the braysa is Rabbanon? In Simora so, says, yes, it could be. The ha Amar Leishmuel or Yehuda, behold, Shmuel said to Yehuda, "It's follows Shinana, sharp one. Shvaik Masniesin, leave the mission or the braysa. V'tabasrei, come after me. Rishu retarfen vesefer Rabbanon. In the beginning of the braysa is retarfen, and the end is the rabbis." Ravina the Ravina said the name of Rava that in fact the whole brace is Rabbi Umai What does it mean in that last case? What is the case where it's not this one and it's not that one's it's not both of theirs in regards to fruits it's only one of theirs in regards to bringing in the fruits but it's both of theirs in regards to bringing in their oxen and the government continues and says in regards to Shane, so it's considered that you're in the court you're the person who got damaged, why? because only the person who got damaged has the right to bring his fruits in there however in regards to Karen so the Lacha is the only time that you have an obligation to pay for half damages according is only if you're in a public place not if you're in a private place so here since both of them have the right to bring their ox in so therefore it's considered a public domain in this regard and therefore you, pay, you only pay half of the damages so now the Gemara asks if that's the case it's not four different cases there's only really three cases because we can actually figure out from the first three cases what the halacha will be in regards to this fourth case because both of the different aspects of this halacha are previously mentioned in the first three cases that's the question of the Gemara so the Gemara answers Bar says as follows. We turn to and page fourteen B. It's true that there are three different general concepts that we learn out over here. However, there are four different possible scenarios because you can have a case where you have Shudfin, where you have partners, which is that there are two different types of partners. So Rashi explains that the three different halachas that we come out with are that if you have it if if the damage was caused in the Rishis Hanizik of the person who got damaged, so then there's an obligation to pay completely in all cases you pay full damages if the damage took place there's of the, mazik, the one who caused the damage so then there's no obligation to pay at all however now when it comes to the case of Khazar shudfin where it's considered that they're both uh, partners in this field or this courtyard. So then there's the obligation, the nezek in regards to carrying. you pay only half the damages if you're animal gored. And when it comes to Shane and regel, when it comes to the damages that are caused by eating or trampling, so then there's no obligation to pay. So that's three cases. And then the third case, which is the Chatzar Shutvin, where you have two uh, partners, so then that's split into two different cases. One's a case where they're both equal partners. And then the other case is the case where, in fact, they're equal partners only in regards to bringing in the ox. But in regards to the fruits, so only one of them has the rights to bring in his fruits. So then we come to that case where it has different ramifications because it's partly considered one person's and it's partly considered both of theirs now we begin the Mishnah there's an evaluation that occurs which is a monetary evaluation the payment is done with something which has value which the is going to say this is referring to property it's done in front of a court and with witnesses who are, free, who are free who are Jewish women are included in damages and both the person who got damaged and the person who caused the damage damage can both be involved in payments. We'll see what all of these different things mean in the Gemara. We begin the Gemara. What does it mean when we say that there's an evaluation, a monetary evaluation? Amar of Yehuda, the says, This evaluation has to take place um, as a monetary evaluation. Our mission is actually a proof or it's an explanation of that which the Bryces say, says. So let's say you have an, a cow that caused damage to a garment. para, Where you have a garment that caused damage to a cow, for instance, let's say it was stretched out and the cow tripped over it Cause damage so So we don't say that in the case where the cow caused damage to the garment so we don't just say so now you're going to collect from the cow just take the cow and that's your payment but rather we need to do some kind of evaluation of how much the cow is worth or if let's say in the case where the talus, the garment caused damage to the to the cow so you're going to get payment from the talus from the thing itself we don't just say okay take the talus the garment has payment so each of these things have to be evaluated how much they're worth and we have to give you exactly what you're supposed to get. The Gamar continues. Shove a what does it mean in the Mishnah when it says the monetary value? The Tanur This is referring to that which it says in the Braysh Hashavik This comes to that the courts only get involved when, we're, when they're talking about payment, causing the person who caused damage to pay only with pieces of land. However, if the person who got damaged went and he grabbed something which was a movable object that belonged to the person who caused the damage, based in government. Le'Mehen. So then the court will in fact collect for him from those things Omar Mar we stated when it comes to something that has monetary value so we said that the, the courts will only first collect from something that has that's a piece of property, a piece of land. So mei where did they hear this in the words of Shove uh, kasef, something that has monetary value? That it's talking about a piece of land. Um Rabbi Barula, Barula says davar kol kasef, something that has the full value of the of the money. what's that referring to? no, something that doesn't have. If you're overcharged, so you still don't the the mekach is not bottle the sale does not return. It's not nullified, even though you over overcharged, which is not the case in regards to the metatonin, something that move, that's a movable object. If you overcharge, so over a sixth, then the whole thing has to go back. So, this is something that when you pay for it, you pay in full. It doesn't matter if you got overcharged, the mekach is kayam, the sale is valid. So, how can you say, the Gemara says, how can you say that this is referring only to a piece of land? You also find that there's no ona, that there's no overcharging, there's no, the mekach is not batal in regards to a case where someone sold a slave, he overcharged for it, or some kind of document. So, Ela, I'm a bar So, rabbi bar says, no, that can't be the explanation how we see that Kesef is referring to land. Rather, the word shavakesh means something that's bought with money. And, as opposed to metatalan, movable objects cannot be bought and right away acquired with money. But rather, that's only true in regards to a piece of land. The Gemara says, Also, slaves and documents also have the ability to be acquired immediately with money. El Ravashi says, rather, shavakesh v'loykesh We need something that's has value of money, meaning it's something that you can't so readily get money for. All other movable objects, so you can take them to the market, let's say, you can take them to another place and get money for them. However, a piece of land, you're stuck where it is. You can't bring it anywhere to get money for it. Therefore, shavakese means something that has monetary value, which may not be as easy to acquire. But all other movable objects, so they're more comparable to money itself. So, has the following contradiction, the son of Tana Shovikasef, we learned in a braise uh Shovakes Malamish Ain Basin's cardinal Kazmish L Machrayus. So this teaches us that the courts they try to take money which is uh, in land, vahatani we have a brayso yashiv the rabbi We see that the Brysa teaches us that you can even come to include what do we include from the word yashiv? Even something which has monetary value. V'afilusubin that even comes to include oats, low quality things. So how can you tell me that it's only talking about a piece of land? Here we see expressly that it's talking about movable objects as well. Achav mayaskin and what's the case over here? Biyasmi. The reason that you can't collect from the piece of land is because we're talking about inheritors who have inherited the father and therefore the person who's coming to collect is coming to collect from not from the original person that was owed him, but rather is coming to collect from the children, and they don't have an obligation to pay him from anything except for the piece of land. And that's what we meant when we said that only with a piece of land can you go and collect from, with the the courts, go and collect. Ibi asked me. so if that's the case we're talking about yosaymim, uh these people who inherited their, their father who passed away and Ima says in the end Imkodam Nizak with Tafes Matatalan that if the person who got damaged he grabbed from the Matatalan from the movable objects so the court will in fact allow him to take from that Ibi asked me, and if we're talking about Yusaymim the orphans Imaibeseng so why would the court allow him to take this he doesn't have a right no one who's owed money by the father has a right to take something from the children because we could always say that perhaps the children got this after the father and it's completely not shaykh. it's not it's nothing, nothing that ever belonged to the father so the Gemara answers like he actually grabbed it before the father had passed away so over here we could say that that statement of Rava in the name of Rav Nachman also applies here as well that he grabbed it before the father had passed away and that's why we allow him to collect from it bezdin. so we said in the Mishnah it has to be done in front of the courts nechosev, lebezdin. so this is coming to exclude a case where, let's say the person first sold his has his properties and then he came to the court and the court required him to have to pay so that would imply if somebody went and he borrowed money and then he sold his property and then afterwards the person who he owed the money to brought him to court to collect that the 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 court can't force him to pay from those things what do you mean we have a concept that it's uh, considered that it's considered to the loan it's considered that it's encumbered to the loan and then if someone comes along and buys it the person who, owes, who is owed the money still has a right to collect that piece of land. prat What does it mean when we say it has to be in front of a court? It means it has to be in front of a significant court of people who have smicha, people who have that special ordination that goes back to Moses. But if the people who are on the court are regular people who do not have that ordination, then it would not be a valid court case. So we say it has to be done with witnesses. Prat This comes to exclude the case where a person admits meaning if a person admits to some kind of fine and then there's some kind of witnesses who come along show pater. so in such a case so then if the witnesses came after he admitted so then according to our Mishnah so there would be no obligation to pay so this is good according to the one who says that if there's an admission regardless of the fine and then the witnesses come along that there's no obligation to pay but according to the one who says that when someone admits to owing a fine and then the witnesses come along and say that in fact he does owe it meaning we don't really need his admission. <laughs> there is an obligation to pay. <laughs> so what can we say that our mission is coming to, to say? It's not coming to say that we need witnesses, but rather it's coming to say that we need a certain type of witnesses. It has to be free people, it has to be people who are Jews. Free people, that comes to exclude that the witnesses cannot be people who are slaves. When it says that it has to be Jews, it comes to exclude non Jews. And we need to say both of these things. The and Evid, that if I had taught us the concept of that a slave can cannot be a witness in this case, because he has no familial ties, so I would venture, he, he wouldn't care to embarrass his family, let's say, and say something which is false. But, but in regards to a non-Jew, he has familial ties, so perhaps he would be okay in this case. And if I told you that a non-Jew can't do it, because it doesn't apply to him any kind of the commandments. But in regards to a slave, the he does have certain commandments, he has the commandments that are the same as a woman's commandments, so you might think that perhaps he could be a, a witness. That's why we need even in the case of Eva to teach you that a slave also cannot be a witness in this case.